0: Welcome to What's Your Beef? Each week we will introduce you to people working in the beef industry and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic event that is Beef Australia. Hello, I'm Jane Cudahy and this is What's Your Beef? Sam Burke is an executive chef, marketing and hospitality operations manager with more than 25 years' experience of working with premium beef. Starting out as an apprentice chef, Sam worked his way up the catering trade in butcher shops, corporate leisure and sporting events, including the Olympics and the Rugby World Cup, before joining one of Australia's largest commercial catering companies for 20 years. He's now traded catering halls for boardrooms, taking over the executive chef reins at Meat and Livestock Australia. Sam, did you ever imagine, when you were flipping burgers for McDonald's at sixteen, that you'd spend your days tinkering with premium beef for a living?
1: Jane, you know it's quite ironic. Um, <laughs> it's where I started off, and it's where it kind of ends today. Or well, it hasn't ended. It's part of the journey today. So <laughs> we're actually we actually work hand in hand with McDonald's on product development, securing Australian beef on menus. So it's, it's kind of a. A nice closure, if you like, to (laughs) cracking the Big Macs down on the flat grill to helping uh, shape the scope of of what's on their menu for Australian beef producers. Oh, you're just looking
0: at it a completely different way,
1: perhaps. Yeah, it's something I'm quite proud of, to be honest, you know. So um, I really love uh, the industry. My mum is from uh, uh, Claremont and Capella, which is uh, beef beef towns in in Queensland, before she moved down to... uh, so it was quite close to my mum's side of the family the beef industry and when they found out I, I took on the role at MLA oh, I was six or seven years ago that were the mum keeps on saying I wish your grandmother was still around to hear where you are today she would have been so proud because she was, you know beef was on our menu all the time as kids and especially when I visited my grandparents up in the in, in my younger days uh, in, in Queensland.
0: Absolutely, and that would be a corned beef and white sauce kind of meal, I'm sure. You've got it. Corn
1: <laughs> beef uh, uh, for tea one night and then corned beef fritters the next yes. day
0: for breakfast. <laughs> Corn beef fritters, I reckon, yes. is just like uh, – My favourite. Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely yes. the best part of the corned beef, really, is the fritters at the other
1: end. And You know what, Jamie, the city, right, the capital city, People don't know what corned beef fritters are and I learned it from my grandmother and um, I, I I actually uh, put some N P D forward, new product development forward for a big aged care um, conference that we were doing. And uh, the corned beef fritters just slot right in there and became an instant hit on menu. So <laughs> you knew you were Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: That's fantastic. Now, your job title is Executive Chef for MLA. So what does
1: that mean exactly? It's a job I take very seriously and I'm very proud of, right? So I always think about our job at MLA is to service the levy payers and give competitive advantage to all those wonderful producers, especially where you are in in, in Queensland, which is is kind of like the beef capital, if you like, and and ensure that, uh, you know, Executive chefs across the whole of Horica, so what we like to call that, anything from um, hotel chains to fine dining restaurants to pubs to quick service restaurants, anywhere, cruise ships, airlines, have success with Australian beef on menu. And we make sure that uh, if they can put it on and meet their cost of goods, if they can have success with creating it and happy customers there's a good chance it's going to uh, repeat on menu. So we, we need to immerse ourselves in those businesses. That's my job. Learn the, learn their challenges, if you like, and then reverse engineer a beef solution that hits the menu and they have success of it. So we keep our proteins front and centre.
0: I love that that term, actually, reverse engineer a beef solution. I feel like that can translate to many different situations. <laughs> I love yeah,
1: it. It can be anything from, oh, for example, we do work with um, – We've done work with Qantas through uh, Donata, which is uh, a subsidiary of Emirates, right? And um, did you know when when red meat hits thirty thousand feet, people lose uh, taste receptors in their mouth, right? Nice. So that means more sodium into the the meals that we that we produce, and you know little tips and tricks like that, and 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 beef cuts that could be regenerated in refridgermic ovens and t- taste tasty, not dry, you know. So it's mm. about really looking at not only the front end of the plane that gets the tenderloin, Mm. but the back end of the plane, which has got the 400 people that get the Moroccan (laughs) tarjean using blade or chuck. You
0: know what I mean? Well, actually, I don't because I've never been at a front of a plane. Actually, I've only ever had the <laughs> the Moroccan oh, don't up there. the worry, back. I'm at the back with
1: you. I'm, <laughs> I'm at the back with
0: you. Yeah, yeah, still, yeah. you'd still have to do a fair bit of recipe testing. I was in the MLA building last year, and it was it smelled amazing as we walked up the stairs. And someone said, "Yep, that's the the kitchen where they road test all of the beef recipes for like Feedback Magazine, and I guess all of the things you just lifted up, listed off." So.
1: That, Jane, why didn't you come in and say hello?
0: Well, now, now hello. I know, Sam, I'll be knocking down the door. I actually, I probably won't even knock. I'll just walk in because it did smell amazing and we were told it was off limits. But um, next time, Sam, I'll be there.
1: No, uh, you just said that you want to come see the chef and you've got an appointment <laughs> and my door's always open, you know. So, <laughs> good look,
0: good to guess,
1: know. Yeah, you, you're exactly right. Uh, that that kitchen, I like to call it the lab. It's where we, 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 we not only look at... Um, Recipe innovation, but we look at different methods of cookery. We, for example, we we we're working with a uh, our donor company, the MLA donor company. We we're looking at an oven uh, that was made by a company called Unox, which actually preserves meat. So it's like a a hot fridge, if you like. Mm. That you can um, you can store fridge uh, you can store meat for up to not that you would, but 28 days without it. it actually pasteurises the meat and uh, keeps it. Fit at a food safety optimum, and, you know, this is brand new technology. So, for example, if you're a, a truck driver and you're travelling, you know, in a rural area and you're you stopping at a uh, roadhouse and traditionally you'd see the crumb sausages or the, the Chico rolls, if you've got one of these beautiful ovens, uh, you could probably have some um, beef osso buco. Uh, in in there and uh, and and all of a sudden they can just open the cryovac bag and they can put it on a beautiful Paris match with the grenadilla and you're having a, a a premium beef meal that can achieve your cost of goods because you're opening them up one at a time right mm, Yep and 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 avoid food wastage.
0: That's so, it. Well, it you sounds know, delicious. There's
1: technologies that that we're looking at. It's not just about today. It's about where does beef fit. Tomorrow, so it's all about innovating, networking, listening, talking to our our, our internal teams at MLA, and looking at uh, you know where does beef play its part. For example, bone broths, for example, for athletes, is fantastic as well. Beef chips, you know, you know. Um, beef chips. Yeah, yeah, like uh, nutritional chips. You know, uh-huh. that, that extra protein. You know, so we're yeah. you know you know we're, we're not we're not just thinking about those traditional roasts and steaks that we all know and love. But we're always looking at uh, what's the next thing? How do we extrude more value from the, the carcass so we can get a better return for the producer?
0: And we'll, we'll talk about carcass utilisation in, in a little while. Do you ever get home and just want to eat an entire bowl of lettuce? Like have you been eating beef and looking at beef all day?
1: Well, anyone that follows my social media will know that I never give up. I actually I, – I'm in love with the product. I really am, you know, I – I, uh, you, you're going to laugh at me now. <laughs> I doubt it. Seen barbecues in 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 my backyard. Actually, no. going we'll to laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, out, it's out of control. So I've got everything from uh, well, it's a tax deduction, right? Yeah, right for the for the beef industry for Australia. You can you can you can purchase these tools and and, and and what it is, I'm I'm like the nutty professor. I'm in the backyard every week, and I've got big Argentinian perillas and little lambs a Rostecini skewers uh, that I do over an Italian barbecue or a furnace. Um, uh, I've got a, a stone oven in the backyard, uh, you know, just traditional Weber's, And I'm always smoking, grilling, braising, looking at different cuts and uh, and, and testing them on my family who are the guinea pigs and my friends. And then uh, using that for, I don't know, my only my, my own private education. Because one thing I learned as a chef when you get your qualification as a chef, you get all the fundamentals, such as it's brazing, farinaceous, boiling, steaming, grilling, you know, how to make a chef de saucier, how to make sauce, etc. And and how, how to the mechanics of commercial cookery. You learn how to be a chef after from the experience that you gain within the industry. So, you know, I've got to be on top of everything beef if I represent our producers. Or service our producers is the word, right? So, and that is the I correct
0: guess... answer for that very yeah. long-winded explanation. That no, you don't go home and eat lettuce. So that's terrific. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So you know, when you say you've got your hobbies, I've got your hobbies in front of me. I've got a list of them, and when you say barbecuing, it isn't just throwing a couple of you know sausages on the on an average barbecue on a Sunday night. Then this is serious business.
1: No, yeah, it is, and it's and it's all cuts too, like um. For example, I, I, I never knew how to correctly smoke an American brisket. You know, the Texan-style brisket is, is what I'm saying of Australian beef. So um, I went to an Angus conference last year, and Grant Coleman, who's a very good friend of mine, who who who's a, a senior executive at uh, Nippon Hams, uh, Oki Beef was, was there, and he's also a barbecue champion. By yeah, by the weekend. Of course. And I said, look, I'm going to absorb everything off this champion and learn how to do a, you know, the best Texan brisket with Aussie beef. So that's exactly what we, what I did. I, I listened. I've I, I rang him up a few times, and I've kept on trying in my backyard to nail that. Because if that's on trend, and and the beef chef can't do it, well then. I've got problems, right? <laughs> yeah. So you know it's it's about uh, if if I don't know how to do it, well we're going to find out a way how to do it. Yeah. So I guess that's that's my passion and and I I am always thinking and 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 looking at the internet and listening and and you know to podcasts like yourself and <laughs> a good friend of mine Shane Bailey who was on the other yeah, day Shane is uh, here and and he's he's another passionate guy. I I, I guess we you know we, we often talk to each other too. You know it's 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 about it's it's more than a job it's a passion.
0: And it's a collaboration like you know I guess yep. there's certainly egos like there are in every industry and some you know closely guarded secrets but at the end of the day I'm sure you all want to eat well please your employers please your customers and you only learn from other people really
1: Spot on. Mm. That's that's you couldn't have put it a better better way and you know and it's it's not only about menu developments having having a look at how beef is played on a on the average dinner plate today. So, for example, back in the 70s, 80s, and, and, and 90s, you know, the, the marketing was towards those big steaks. If the broccolini fudged out in the in the background, and <laughs> and we, we, we've got to we've got to take a really look at that and see how we have a balanced meal approach today. So, if that means reducing the portion and having a, a quality steak uh, with some great. Uh, vegetables and salad that means that we keep beef on menu and as part of the dietary guidelines so you know you know balanced meals is a big focus for us here at uh, meat and livestock australia and also generally with food services as well because mm. people love the big steaks and the, and the chips and the gravy uh, you know that you get in a pub but then other people might like a uh, a thai beef or vietnamese beef salad right mm-hmm. with 120 grams portion and then we win both ways then because we look after the traditional customers and then we encourage new customers to the protein and it's about that and it's about feeling good about eating Australian beef too because we, we, we you know you know the produ- I always say the producers do the hard work it's our responsibility whether you're a consumer or a chef to give it the respect it deserves on the plate
0: well, that's very kind um, and I think, you know, that is probably very refreshing to a lot of producers because I, I think a lot of the time when it gets to the other end, to the plate end, the producers are quite often forgotten. So th- that's that's lovely to hear, Sam. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you what the main challenges that you encounter with food services growing beef on menus, but I think you've just sort of answered it to a degree with that whole balanced approach. And that would probably come out of... Um, people's awareness of health and you know a bit more social license and all that sort of thing as well
1: yeah people want to feel good about what they're eating more and more today and it's and it's about also you know when we're thinking about the end user it's about making it easy for them because let's 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 be honest beef is 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 a premium and it has and, and and it is it's a premium cut of protein so we've got to make sure it's our responsibility to make sure the consumer or the food service chef have a good experience with it and we don't lose its place. So you know how do we do that we look at other recipes too like beef in 15 minutes like a quick stir fry how to do the how, how to get the how to cook the protein off rather than putting it all together and then having grey vegetables you know cook the protein off set it aside take it out of the wok get your wok hot again put your greens in Get them nice and crisp and vibrant and then fold through the beef with your sauce, you know. So, how do we uh, explain it in layman's terms to the consumers? So they're relaxed with it and they get a premium result. And and also with the chefs, you know, we've we've had varied experience chefs, not everyone's a master chef in the kitchen, so people need. Need help with the equipment they've got, right? So not everyone's got these big uh, twenty thousand dollar combi ovens. Uh, <laughs> no, they so, do not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how do we how, how do we make sure that what we do applies to the the vast majority of people on the other end, and that they're going to have success it, and it's going to be affordable, and the people are going to like it, whether it be in the restaurant or at the dinner table at five pm every night.
0: So, where do you spend like your role is so varied? Where do you spend the majority of your time sort of talking and, and educating international consumers, domestic consumers, producers? Yeah, like, like like in where the past are you? When
1: I first started MLA, um, I I've, I've did a bit of international work, but uh, predominantly I'm paid out of the domestic market, although I, d- I still do assignments in the international markets. We've got corporate chefs in the Middle East, Chef Tarek and uh, chef David Carew uh, in in Asia, and we've got another chef called Adam Moore in America who are all resident chefs that work for mla and uh, we all network and 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 make sure that uh you know you know we're, we're all delivering the same messages and help each other and assist each other out and I've also got my lovely right-hand lady uh, who is Julie Ballard who's our product development um Chef, And she's a recipe writer that that, that came on board and, and has been with me now for two years, uh, initially in a part-time role and now a full-time role. And it's really allowed us to push forward and do more. So she helps me with recipe development, testing out and delivering masterclasses and is an intrig- integral part of the uh, MLA Trade marketing team. Sounds like a terrific role
0: too. So, now the Rare Medium Academy, that was one of your little babies, isn't it? An initiative that you came up with?
1: Yeah, so I guess Rare Medium is a program that's been run traditionally with MLA for over eight years now. And uh, a sub brand of it we've decided to uh, um, bring into commission this year was Rare Medium Academy. So, what's that all about? So, it's about Traditionally, I've been allowed to to travel and see do these face to face to face masterclasses with big end users of Australian beef on menu. We've decided, you know, uh, to pivot our programs like most other people are doing at the moment, and and take it online. So the the program Conlock kind of like has three parts. So the first part is a webinar series where we are doing a monthly live webinar on tips and tricks in food service. Um, You know, so there's there's, uh, different subjects. One subject that we're doing, that we're starting off is low and slow barbecuing for food service. And we're teaming up with Weber, Mm. who are the king of barbecues and uh, how to to have success with those briskets and uh, short ribs and, you know, those secondary cuts on menus so the chef can leave them in the barbecue and then prepare other parts of the menu and uh, take it forward. And then there's, and then there's other subjects like we're doing is food that travels. So, how does what's the best beef dishes that can go in an Uber or menu log uh delivery in the back on the back of a motorbike and get to the consumer on the other side and taste good? Or they can be reheated and finished in the oven and taste good. So it's about right cut for right. You, you want those gelatinous cuts like your short ribs and your and your slow roasted braise, blades and your chucks. That uh, you know can be regenerated and finished off and garnished on the other end, and uh, not only uh, have cost efficiencies for the food service user, but also regenerate well and give the best possible result for the consumer on the other end. So you know eight different, eight different masterclasses there. The second part of the program is the Producer to Plate series, where we take big end users of commercial uh, food service, like big executive chefs, back to the farm. And they get to learn the love that the producer puts into the product.
0: And you just just a little sideline when you when they're doing that is that is that a sort of light bulb moment a lot of the time, like, or do you find that yeah. people are already quite educated?
1: It's a light bulb moment for even me.
0: Wow! Right? Okay. Because I'm
1: always out there running around and, and and in people's kitchens and learning their challenges and 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 developing um, products for the for for, for our customers. Mm. However. I was just out of, out at of a producer, uh, I was with a producer last Friday, and it was an Angus Farm in Gloucester in New South Wales. Macca's beef, Robert McKenzie, lovely guy. Mm-hmm. And he had these uh, mineral sticks, uh, these kind of big poles in the middle of the uh, the paddock. And I said, what are they for? And they go, well, well, the cows have a lick of them, and they get their, their nutrients. And I go, wow, I never knew that. You know, mm-hmm. like like little things like that that the chef doesn't knew, doesn't know. You know, and then takes that back and then gives that story on about the love that the, the producer puts into the product to give that wonderful steak or that wonderful roast that, or that ground meat dish that goes on your menu at night. You know, look, I think today, and, and this is only my personal opinion, everyone has, has always got, you know, negative opinions about, about industries and the beef industries cops copped a bit of that in the past, but if people went out there and they learned the love that, that, that goes into this product and they learned the hard work that, you know, they're up at early hours in the morning, they're still working at night, they're balancing the books, they're fixing the truck when the tyre busts on it or tractor or something like that and they're looking after that cattle and nurturing them.
0: Making up biosecurity plans, like there's a lot of, you know, back, yes. back office yes. work
1: as well. Yes, you know, and, and and you know, if if the average – Consumer that is challenging us on our industry actually went out there and had a look at this great stuff. I bet you there'd be a lot of people changing their minds, you know, because the producers that I have all seen, and I've been to some places. I've been to Blackall in Central Queensland. I've been up to Alice Springs. You know, every time I've went and saw a producer, I rocked up to a producer in Alice Springs in 2017, walked in the door there's a plate of scones on the table and a fresh pot of tea. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just country, rural people and and, and and how much love they they don't only put into the product but into everything they do, mm. you know. And uh, that's why I'm so proud of my job because I always think of them when I'm on the other end, talking to people about beliefs.
0: <laughs> well, you sound like you're going to be the world's most passionate advocate for it. I, I'm going to give you that. But I think <laughs> I've, I interrupted a little bit about the Rare Medium Academy, but you did touch on something else that we um, were yeah, hoping sorry. to talk about. Was the, Well, no, I interrupted you, so it was my
1: fault. Um, no, that's to- all right. <laughs> produce at a plate where we take yep. the chest back. The third one is I get carried away because, like you said, I'm pretty pretty passionate yeah. uh, about what we do. And then the third one is, is – uh, tips and tricks so what these are are pre-recorded tips and trick videos for food service professionals to have uh, successive Australian beef on menu so I've just recorded 10 of them in September and that's everything from osso bucco to braised shin meat uh, to to chuck to blades to, to short ribs you name it with uh, to, to whole rumps reverse seared you know you name it with uh We've done it and, and it's whole carcass utilization. You know, cheeks as well. Um, we, we, we look at we look at the whole beast and see where we can use it and how we can get the best result with it and then do tips and trick videos so the chefs can then challenge themselves and put that on menu. Well
0: the the whole carcass utilization, it's not it's not a new sort of Term, you know, um, MLA's been pushing for that for, for good reason for a long time. But so has Beef Australia, and that's the tasty cuts are a big part of their um, chef program. And I guess you're really involved with Beef Australia as well. So how did that first start, Sam?
1: Yeah, so tasty cuts, or I like to even call them masterpieces. <laughs> yeah, so I'd agree and, with that. Anyway, yep, I'll Anyway, that. Um, anyway, yeah. So so I started at MLA in 2014, and uh, I met Shane then, and uh, the. Uh, Blair Angus, who is a really good friend of mine, and um, I was invited to participate in the celebrity chef restaurant there in in, in the inaugural one that I went to in 2015. Uh, so that was the first. I know it's been going for many years, but that was the first one that I went to, and um, I was also invited back in 2018. And 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 we we had a celebrity chef restaurant where we focused on secondary cuts and how they could eat just as well as the prime cuts that we all know and love. So uh, Beef Australia are really kings at that, you know, everything from beef, bacon to all those cuts I was telling you before of my tips and tricks at Rare, Rare Medium Academy to uh, serving them in a family atmosphere, which would probably have to change now with, uh, with COVID. Uh, I, I, I just listened to Shane. He was looking at a degustation dinner. is where we serve uh, individual courses, if you like. But the, the, the wonderful thing about it is celebrating the whole nose to tail the carcass. And, and by doing that, we're doing the best for the producer because we're getting the best return value to Farmgate. So, you know, there's, 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 uh, there's two parts to it, not only educating the consumer to have more beef on menu, but generating a better return for our producers.
0: So what are you doing at next year's event? What's your role going
1: to be? We're in preliminary talks. I haven't been briefed yet. <laughs> okay, well, we might leave that
0: yet. one well alone um, until, until such time it is confirmed. But, you know, you've been working. I've seen some of your masterclasses, uh, the celebrity restaurant and all that sort of thing. When you're not cooking or having, you know, those meals prepared for you, where are you eating? Like where are you going around the ground, sussing out the, all of the amazing places to eat? What are you checking out?
1: Yeah, so the good thing about my my role, I'm out I'm out I'm out there actually in these kitchens all the time, so I don't have to do a lot of travelling because I'm actually in there working back at house with the chefs. Mm. But uh, occasionally when I travel for work, I try to see what's going on. It doesn't have to be a fine dining restaurant; it could be anything to a, a noodle bar that's selling a great beef dish, or, or 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 some grab and go hot in the pan dishes, or anything from even a new burger at a fast food QSR chain. You know, just constantly looking across the whole of the business about where beef is and where it can get better you know and 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 what what are we doing what's working well and how can we expand that as well when you are doing all of this
0: and it's essentially research for you as you said just sort of having a look at what's around and what's being presented have you noticed in your time at these sort of higher level jobs people's attitude to beef changing
1: so a big change for me has been branded beef over the years, uh, we're seeing a, lo- a lot of processors now having branded beef because so, it tells the provenance, it tells the story, it tells us if it's been organically raised, it tells us if it's grass fed or grain fed. So, a branded beef, I think, tells the story of 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 the product beautifully, and we're seeing a lot of uptake not only in fine dining restaurants but across the whole chain, even down to the local burger, you know, uh, and. And, and and also how uh, uh, MSA provides the link between branded beef and the good eating quality, which is is also something that I'm seeing a lot more. You know, for example, if you went to a, a pub, I don't know, ten years ago you'd say see probably a grain-fed or grass-fed beef, and that was it, right? Now you're seeing a brand in front of it that tells the story and the and the wait staff know a bit about the history and they can they can talk to it like a bottle of wine, for example. And that provides a theatre and really tells the farmer's story. So we're seeing a lot more of that. And I think that should be uh, continued because, you know, when people want to know about provenance and quality and about their product, it provides a romance to to, to the the sell occasion. And uh, also what... What else I'm seeing? Everything from um, breeds being called out too. So if you ever a look at some of the big QSRs, they've been calling out breeds. Uh, for example, McDonald's and their affiliation with Angus was probably one of the first I remember. But you're seeing that more and more every day, and um, and you, you know, and and I believe you'll continue to see it continue to see that eventuate even more throughout the supply chain. You know, people wanting to know where their product comes from. Uh, and, and you know, how it's brought to the table.
0: Okay, well, going back to, to beef, uh, to, you know, to the beef event, um, where are you eating there? Because, you know, you're you're around food for the majority of the time that you're at beef, um, but there's all sorts of amazing um, products and, and concepts around. Like I'm just off the top of my head thinking about the um, last beef with the Brahmin hump um, yep. being quite an interesting but popular... Menu item, um, the smokehouse, Uh, there's also, you know, Angus beef burgers. As you said, there's quite a lot of branded stuff as well. But where are you going and and trying a few things?
1: At Beef Australia? Yep. We're we're kind of like in the kitchen doing 15-hour days. So there probably isn't a lot of time for us to get around. (laughs) I I did try to get out in the last two days and have a look at what was going down there. And and what I enjoyed most was talking to the producer. But I did try the Brahman hump, and I thought that was fabulous. you know. And and I looked at some of the the smokehouse that was there, uh, the Black Bunny Barbecue in 2018 i went over and saw the the great work that they were doing for that smoked meat uh, and and then and then we, we were quite fortunate because we were working on the restaurant in the past that at the end of the service if there was any left over we'd take it downstairs and, and sample that and see what the other chefs were doing as well so you know as 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 like i said before you continuously learn so us as chefs were learning off each other because everyone had their own signature dishes and you came away with uh, kind of a library of, of of what others are doing and how you can further develop your own repertoire.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Now, I did have a little laugh um, because a little birdie told me that one of your highlights was when your parents came to the restaurant in 2018. So why, what hap- don't you cook for them at home? Do they have to come to the restaurant to, to sample your food?
1: Oh, I tell you what, that was one of the most, that was the best most rewarding time uh, that I've that I've had as a chef. Really? Probably what since happened? I got my apprenticeship. So so mum and dad um, uh, I've got an uncle that lives in Yapoon. Yep. Uh, and mum and dad went and stayed up there with them and then came down and, and surprised me in the restaurant and and the, the team at Beef Australia gave them a table and they were treated like royalty. <laughs> and um you know, kind of like, kind of brought a tear to my eyes because I I've, I've, I hadn't cooked for Mum and Dad since I was doing my old apprentice competitions back in really? the nineties. Oh my yes.
0: goodness!
1: <laughs> like 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 they, you cook for them when they come over for a Christmas lunch or whatever, you know. So, but uh, like on a formal occasion, so it was just really nice to see them as part of the event. And uh, the Beef Australia people really looked after them. And uh, you know, you know, it was just something close to my heart that. Uh, I'll never forget, you know. And uh, it was just good to see mum, my mum, and dad see me, uh, you know, what I love and do best, working for the meat industry. So, especially mum coming from a beef background, you know, it was something that she's quite proud about. (laughs) That's
0: well. Now I understand. That sounds like an amazing uh, experience. Now, usually, it's this point of our interviews that I ask our guests what what your favourite cut is. But I've learnt that when you ask um, a professional cook or a chef. What their favourite beef cut is, they just say everything. So I'm gonna mix it up a little bit and ask you, what are you putting on your table for
1: Christmas lunch? Yeah, good question. So I like to um, take the turf to the surf. So you know, (laughs) we always get some prawns, but you know, I do like to I I do like my prime cuts, like my standing rib roast as a special occasion. Mm. But I also like to uh, slow roast a a a chuck or even have a look at things like reverse seed. Uh, take a rump apart to the eye side, eye centre. Uh, roast beef is is, uh, is is what that's called. And then the cap is on top of it. And uh, take a rump apart and just cook that up on Boxing Day, if nice. you like, yep. when, the, when the friends come around and do some grilling there. And I also like, you know, you know everything from shin meat makes a beautiful ragu through pasta as a wonderful, wonderful uh, entree. So for me, you got it right the first time. I haven't even thought about it yet, but I'll be tinkering with something. Let me tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I also have this amazing vision now that I know you have so many barbecues. When people do come over and barbecue, do you, have to, do you have to concentrate on one or have you got five different things going at the same time just to challenge yourself?
1: You've got a camera in my backyard, haven't you? <laughs> that's no,
0: exactly that's what kind of creepy.
1: That's, <laughs> that's exactly what happens. So, you know, I get a smoker going. I've got a big Argentinian perilla that, that weighs 1.2 tonne.
0: So when you say that, because what, what is that then? A caparilla? So is it an, an...
1: perilla Yeah, it's a, it's a it's it's a, it's a, a gaucho barbecue. So what it is? It's 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 got a little wheel. It's got a wheel on the side, and yeah. it's got a it's it's got a grill plate that that goes up and down, and then you light a big fire pit underneath it. And then if you need less fire, you just wheel the wheel the grill up, and it and it takes takes it away from the heat. And if you want intense fire, you wheel the wheel down, and the grill drops on top of the flames and you can do all things like uh you know all those kind of uh, fast cooking uh steaks over 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 flames and hot iron bark wood and it just gives that kind of restaurant appeal in your backyard and and actually um my first cousin lives in Yipoon too and I designed the barbecue with him and uh we we made it for Beef Australia and we got it delivered to Beef Australia in 2018 and we used it up there as well so it was uh it, wow. it, you know that's what that's where it was born in Beef Australia 2018 and now it's in my backyard <laughs> today. <laughs> well
0: what are you designing to bring to Beef 21?
1: Look I, I tell you what I, I just can't wait to get back there and, and I really mean that because for me it's it's like a family reunion and that's what our uh, ag, ag people are you know we all get together and we, we share the share the love of Australian beef and and I, and I haven't looked at my menus yet, but I'm sure we'll be doing something. I've got a whole lot of contraptions. I, I, I bought a little um, barbecue from Thailand last week that sits a wok on top of it and uh, does a ripper of a stir fry. So who knows? We could be doing something like that or we could be doing some grilling or slow braising. Uh, I'm sure we'll come up with something fabulous yeah. that, 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 that celebrates our wonderful protein.
0: And does your, do your neighbours just sort of saunter over every now and then with all these barbecues going and these amazing smells? Do they just, you know, do you just find them hanging around the and front no, yard? No, I've,
1: I've, I've been one to, 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 to put a steak, a plate of steak over the over the fence, you know, <laughs> uh, on, on several occasions, and um, we've got a lovely lady that lives next to us, uh, and my wife always takes a, a plate over to her at the end, too, because, you know, you know I guess... For us, it's about sharing the wonderful things that we're doing and making sure that everyone's a part of it, you know, and and and, and much like you wonderful producers do when we visit, you always make us welcome and look after us and we try to pass that hospitality in the city too where we can.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's fabulous. Thank you. The irony being if you go to many properties... Most of the time it's the beef that's in the freezer is the poor old thing that broke its leg or isn't mainly one of the prime ones that goes to market. But delicious, none the same. Um, Sam Burke, it has been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining us on What's Your Beef?
1: Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure and I hope to see you all at Beef Australia. And beef, it's the greatest meat on earth. Keep on eating it. Don't feel (laughs) guilty at all.
0: Beef Australia is proudly supported by our principal partners. Thanks to the Australian Government Department of Agriculture, Water and the Environment, the Queensland Government, Meat and Livestock Australia and the Rockhampton Regional Council. Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.